doesn't work. Like, I have never seen a comedian apologize for a joke and then it all went away and people accepted it. It's never happened. These people, they don't want an apology. They want to see you done. Welcome to the podcast. I'm your host, Ron Burgundy, and today's guest is the proud prankster and stand-up comedian, Lewis Spears. Lewis has been in funny Uber rides a few times, but I invited him onto the podcast because I wanted to explore the way that he goes about promoting himself because it's a little bit different to the way most people would promote themselves online. I figured that it would be interesting to explore the mindset of someone who isn't afraid to be polarizing to various audiences, but still has that primary goal of making people laugh. Personally, I think stand-up comedy is a misunderstood craft. It dates all the way back to the medieval times where the jesters would perform for the royals and the wealthy, and if they weren't considered funny, they faced severe repercussions, even death. Lewis and I explore this deeply, and he explains to me that it may be in the best interests of some stand-up comics to get cancelled. Our conversation today offers many insights into the world of stand-up comedy in 2021. Enjoy. Great show, dude. Thank you. Really, really good show. That was that was a lot of fun to watch. Yeah, it's uh, it's been sick. It's been so good to get back out and do comedy. Mm. It's been like 18 months since I have, I've done a show, like since I've been on stage for more than five minutes. So you didn't do any like uh, shows over over zoom or anything like that no i i got offered a few but i would i would rather shoot myself <laughs> than do stand up on a fucking zoom call yeah. in front of a webcam yeah. that's that's not stand up that is bombing in a conference call right. yeah i know like I don't, I don't blame you i mean like i did i did quite a bit of stuff obviously like on it wasn't zoom but it was like a megal kind of yes yeah and, and dude it's uh you just don't have the feedback no, it's not. You're not in the. You're not in the room. Yeah. You know, one person is wearing pajamas. Yeah. The other person has their loud boyfriend in the back, like making dinner. <laughs> Microwaves going. Yeah. Fucking drop the plate. Like, shush! I'm watching comedy, and then he has, he has to go. Well, you're not. Yeah, yeah. You're on a Zoom call, and the guy's bombing. When you start out, it's just hell because right. you're bad. Uh, no one particularly wants to see you. Right. Uh, and and for, for the first year, you're mainly there practicing. Yeah. Like, and th- there's no other art form where the guy on stage can practice and the audience is okay with that. Yeah. Like, if you fucking went to a music festival, one guy got on stage and was like, oh, I've never played the guitar before. <laughs> Thought I might fucking give it a go. And then just started doing scales. Yeah. The fundamentals. You'd be like, this is suck. This is bad. I want a refund. Fair. But fair. with comedy, that's that's what it is. And it's kind of cool because, like, you know, if you're learning piano, you can do it. You can play it and go, oh, I'm, I'm bad. I know how I need to get better. With comedy, you cannot practice it at home. Mm. You need the audience. Mm. And that's brutal. But if you can make it through that first year where you're just shit, because that's obviously normal. Yeah. You know, you can kind of get through anything. And but like, especially with the the more darker humor and stuff that yes. comes along, you need a, a live crowd yeah. to get that feedback. Yeah. Because like, there's stuff you can and can't say, and then there's stuff that you just really can't say. And yeah. I think like something that I like about your comedy is that, and you've been doing it for a little while now, but you're very good at figuring out where that line is. I love. I love finding the line and then for the whole joke walking across it going oh 
Uh, but you, but you, like, you like unside the crowd yes. as you're getting to that line. So like yeah. you will step over it, but they're cool with you doing it. Well, that's, that, that's that my scene. favorite thing is like is stating the premise yeah. and then the whole crowd going, nah, I don't think so. And then me going, come on, let's go. <laughs> getting them on board. like, but But that's like... I love that type of humor where it's turning things that are inherently unfunny. Yeah. Like, but the jokes about them are yep. real funny. Yeah. Uh, it's it's a lot harder and a lot riskier, but it just comes with with time. Like, I won't spoil it if anyone's going to see it because I still got more shows to come on. But yep. like, I have a bit about the the war crimes that Australian soldiers have committed. Yeah. Objectively horrific. But, um, you know, what was even more horrific was when I was writing that joke and testing it out for the first time and just going, so I think this is the joke and the whole audience goes, nah, I don't think that's the joke. But, like, when you were testing it out, are you testing it out on people who, like, your fans? No. Okay, right. Yeah, so so I kind of have a philosophy, which is if you can't make someone who's not a fan laugh, you're not good. Like, because awesome. because my audience, they I've I've already won them over before they even get in the room. You know, they wouldn't have bought bought a ticket if they didn't find me funny. Yeah. So like, they are a softer, they are an easier crowd to make laugh because they're excited. They know the type of humor they're going to get, and they you've already made them laugh many times online. Mm-hmm. Uh, so a lot of comedians, when they get their own audience, it's such an amazing thing. And performing to your own audience is so much better because they're so up for it and 100% of the crowd is down yes but it can make you lazy because you know it's it is a little bit easier it's like doing stand up on easy mode Mm. whereas if like I'll do the comics lounge and that's an older crowd like most of them are like mums and dads who have never heard of me Mm. if you can make them laugh it's it's good Mm. I think Um, and then it just does even better in front of your audience so I'm I'm, I'm always trying to be like I want to I want to make strangers laugh and then it's good enough for, for my audience. I was learning about this like months ago. Yeah. This is actually a lockdown thing that I came across. Mm-hmm. It was pretty much like the, the medieval jester, um, mm-hmm. like back in back yeah. in the time of the Renaissance and stuff. The jester, you know, it's like the, the town fool or whatever, yeah. the, 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 the closest thing to a comedian back then. Yeah. They would tell jokes that were obviously intended to make people laugh, but they also performed for like the kings and the royals. Yeah. And... The, the jester or the town jester was the only person who could make commentaries on things that were so close to real life. Yeah. It's almost like they had a free hit to make these, like, yes. little risque jokes that were a little bit political or a little bit, like, cheeky. Yeah. And sometimes the king didn't like it and killed the jester. And that was accepted <laughs> in those yeah. times. Yeah. That's, yeah, you think what I did tonight was risky... <laughs> There was no one waiting backstage with a fucking axe. You know, if the guy right at the back was like, hey man, that joke about the royals, which I did tonight, didn't like it. Off with his head. Well, he didn't have the guts to wait at the show with an axe, but he might be online. Maybe. Kind of a thing. And I think that's almost like the closest the closest thing nowadays. Because, mm. yeah, the town jester still exists. It's yourself. Yeah. Yeah. But the closest thing nowadays seems to be, um, yeah, like jumping on Twitter and, like, tra- attempting to cancel someone. Yes, everyone gets to be king for a day. Yeah. You know, yes. today I'm going to be the king and I'm going to kill that jester that I've never met. I don't know anything about them, but they piss me off with that tweet, so they're done. Does that scare you? Um, 
No, I think that it's 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 real, but it depends. But it depends. So for it, honestly, it's like it's a problem and it isn't. Where uh, everyone has a voice, and that's a that's a good thing. Everyone should have a voice, but it's it becomes super fun for people to like cancel. I mean, it, it is it's a form of trolling, but it's like virtuous yeah. trolling. So it's not only do you get the reaction. But you also get the feeling of being a good person while you're doing it, even when most of the time they're just trying to destroy someone's livelihood because they saw one thing that that you know ruined their day. Yeah. You know, so it's like, oh, you you made me angry for an hour, so I'm gonna take your fucking retirement fund. You know. Yeah. Um, for me, it doesn't scare me because they can't take anything. I've set myself up in a way where I don't have a boss. Mm. You know, like if if I cause a big controversy online like what are you actually going to take if unless I do something that's so out of character for who I am and the type of stuff that I do like if I do a terrible thing to a human yeah. sure fair enough fuck me yeah. but if I tell a joke that's edgy or offensive uh, and, and it causes a controversy the only people that are angry about it are the, are the type of people that would never like me anyway yeah. so I lose nothing. In fact, it's almost beneficial because those people will amplify the controversial joke. Uh, sure, they'll send death threats and they'll get angry, but also a bunch of people will go, what's this noise about? Have a look and go, oh, this guy's sick. And then the real test is those people who see my thing that everyone's angry about, uh, they go, well, if he apologizes, I hate him too. Mm-hmm. Are you a huge cunt? Us too. Wait, can we even say cunt? Of course. It's empowering these days. Cunt, 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 cunt. I'm Ange Balasone, a.k.a. The Drag Queen, Fat Girl Gina. And I'm Mike Fails, just a normal gay guy, I guess. And we're the hosts of The Big Cunty Couch. A gorgeous new talk show podcast where we invite queers and peers to sit, bitch, and be fierce on a huge-ass couch. While we gab about all things gay. So come get cozy. And cunty. With us. We're pan for platforms, so find us anywhere online and get listening, sweetie. Or watching. Or both. Otherwise, why the hell am I in full drag? And we'll see you on the big... Cu- oh, wait. I thought we were going to say that together. No. On the big cutty couch. Mwah. So I think that's really the only thing that could actually damage me would be doing something like, a, like an edgy joke and mm. then apologizing for it. Because mm. you see that happen all the time where comedians will fucking get the backlash and I've had the backlash many 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 times I'm not a stranger to it and the first time it happened it's scary yeah like it really is like you have thousands of people calling you a bad person you know I had the news calling me like uh Australia's worst cyber bully Mm -hmm. uh and and then you know I had fucking police saying we're investigating this guy and you read all of that and you're like fuck this is really scary yeah um because it's like it's like this thing of like the society has like put in you like you must fit in and, and conform and stuff so it's scary but if you all you have to do is literally just look at the angry masses that are going did you say that how dare you say that why would you say that did you say that and go yep and then what are they going to do you I, know I think I think also you're 27 27 27 yeah same age as me I also think that you have a level of self-awareness and professionalism because you've been you've been in it for a while yeah but you have a level of self-awareness that you know what you stand for yes so even when you 
And like, yeah. So I just saw your show, and you yeah. make you make some pretty fucked up jokes. Yeah. I happen to like that fucked up humor, so I'll come and see your show willingly. Yeah. But when you make these jokes, you know, regardless of what the audience thinks, yeah, you know that like you're joking, but you also know that like you're not a bad person. Well, yeah, like my intention is always to make someone laugh. Yes. Right. So, uh, and and if someone hears my joke and they're offended mm. or it makes them feel bad, I don't like that because that's never my intention. Mm. However, I also understand that that is inevitable. Mm-hmm. So it's almost like I'm like, ah, oh, well, it's a bit of a sacrifice to make to make the majority of people laugh because they are fucking good jokes and. Yeah. You know, not everyone's going to like everything. It's like a music genre. Screamo makes me angry. I don't listen to it. You know, I don't go to a fucking, you know, a, a heavy metal concert and go, turn it down. It hurts my ears. Everyone would look at me and go, why the fuck did you buy a ticket, you idiot? Don't look at it. Yeah. You know, um, comedy's like that. Comedy has genres. Some people like dark stuff. Some people like silly stuff. Some people like absurd stuff. Uh, and... Uh, yeah, my intention is always to make people laugh. Yeah. I don't like when people get angry, but I accept that it's, inevi- it's an inevitability of being a comedian. Fair. Um, it's almost like if you don't make jokes that at least make people question shit. Yeah, are you really, what are you doing? Is, are you a comedian or are you a yeah. political commentator? <laughs> my, fa- my favorite reaction at my shows, and, yeah. it, and it's funny, it happens at, with different jokes, my favorite reaction is like 70-30. I'll, I'll hit a punchline and 70% of the crowd fucking dies and 30% of the crowd goes, oh, oh yeah. I don't know. And, and it's never, like, like one joke, one guy will go, oh, the next one, he'll be dying and the guy next to him will be going, oh, I don't know. And that 30% just changes depending on what I'm talking about because everyone's so different. And and, and I, I think that's, that's awesome that, like, that I can make jokes about lots of different things because I think that's how you bring people together, you know, like if you coddle different groups or different types of people or, or imply that they're too weak to hear humor, Mm. as long as the joke is made with the intention to make people laugh, Mm. it's fine. Well, there are two sides to it because I think on one end, Mm. sure, that, that makes total sense. But I think, I think it only, I think it mainly makes sense first and foremost two comedians because there is a comedic link. yes like I love definitely. the world of comedy because yeah. I can't remember who explained it like this but they pretty much said that there's like truth lies and then like a comedic lens where yeah. neither really matter the 100% sole intention is to get that knee jerk laugh oh um, yeah absolutely yeah but, like Jim Jeffrey's gun bit is a great yeah, example of yeah, that yeah, yeah, where yeah. where a lot of the things he said in his gun bit were true mm. but all of the stats he made up <laughs> oh legit <laughs> so Wait. pretty much all of them and he has a follow up <laughs> joke about it where his because his gun bit is like one of the most famous bits of comedy of, of, of all time it's yeah. what kind of catapulted him to where he is Um, but in his special after that special he does a whole bit about the reaction to the gun bit and uh, he goes man so many people were like messaging me death threats and saying oh you're a fucking liar you're a fucking liar and you know what Uh, they're kind of right a lot of those stats I made them up (laughs) (laughs) I don't know yeah, but it, but the intention exactly. is to make people laugh. Exactly. And then the side quest is to get your point across, which is, for him, oh, you don't really need automatic rifles or, or whatever the fuck he was trying to say. Maybe you don't need guns, right? Mm. Um, I think people sometimes get that 
mixed up and they go, the main quest is, this is why you should think what I think. And then the side quest is, oh, here's a couple of jokes too, but it's mainly, you know, you should feel bad if you don't agree with me. Like a lot of fucking Tonight Shows are like that. Yeah. A lot of yeah. comedians that you see uh, in mainstream media are like that. And I think that it's an easy mistake. It's an easy thing to do because, uh, you know, you'll have a great bit about, about an opinion. You'll be like, oh, fuck, my opinion's rip. But, I'm just going to do that. But it's a pity because you don't go to a comedy show to learn something. You don't go... No, I mean, hopefully, Look, hopefully. Yeah. I, like, hopefully you go to a comedy show to, like, you know, a bit of escapism. Yeah. I, I don't... And I, and I, like, why else would you go to a comedy show, like, yes. soul intently? So if you, if you if you come out... That's almost why I, I kind of don't mind the fact that Jim Jeffries made up the, the stats behind it. Well, that, that's what I mean. It's like, it's... He, he never said... I'm going to do an hour-long lecture about why guns are bad, yeah. and it might be a little bit funny. Yeah. He was like, I'm going to tell fucking jokes. Exactly. You know? All I want to do is make people laugh, mm. uh, and and the the most fun I have and the audience has when I do my shows is by talking about things that, like, aren't funny. And I think that's a, that's a really cool thing to do, like, to take a terrible thing that it only exists... Uh, and that, that exists and only makes people sad mm. and bring a, bringing a little bit of light into that without uh, minimizing the reality of it. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, so then by that train of thought, is there anything that... Well, do you believe in the whole, like, oh, too soon? No. So I, so I think, right, uh, and I have, a, uh, I have a whole joke about this in my comedy special which you can get on my website. <laughs> um, I did a joke. Here's what I think. So, with Too Soon or with jokes about dark things, the 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 um, the more unfunny the subject is, mm-hmm. the harder it is to pull off. I okay. think that's, that's pretty obvious, you know? Like, yeah. if you have a story where something silly happened and you fell over, that's easy, you know? You, it's already funny. You just have to make it funnier. Yep. If you're taking something that is objectively not funny, like a tragedy, and telling a joke about it, it's more difficult, but the reward is higher. Risk okay. to reward is up there. Cool. So I think there's no such thing as too soon, but if you're going to do it, you you really need to do it well. Yeah. Um, because I've seen plenty of jokes that, you know, something terrible happens and someone just fires off a tweet, and I'll read it and I'll go, I won't get offended. I'll just go, oh, that's just kind of shit. Yeah. You know, you didn't add anything to that. You just that just kind of seems mean. So two things there. Yep. One, one mm-hmm. should uh-huh. should definitely point out. Although yes, you do have quite a bit of dark humor and yeah. like cheeky shit in your content. It's really not all that. Like there's there's no. there's no. A, there's like a lot of shit about chocolate milk. Yeah, <laughs> like yeah, and just like just genuinely like unadulterated. Yeah, like I I love I love <laughs> silly shit. Yeah, like I had a radio show for years, no swearing, no dark stuff mm-hmm. at all, mm-hmm. and it was such a cool challenge to like, ha- like be funny without any swearing, without yeah. getting graphic about anything, mm-hmm. uh, and just doing comedy that will make you laugh, make a mum laugh, and make a ten year old laugh. Yes, I think that is is equally hard. You know, doing really really dark stuff is difficult. Doing shit that that you can tell to a nine-year-old and an adult—that's yeah. really difficult. Yes. Also, 
like my favorite comedians are like Jim Jeffries and Bill Burr. They do like dark stuff and controversial topics. Yeah. But I also love Leno and Woodley, yeah. Hamish and Andy, um, and and like a bunch of other people that are just purely fucking silly. Yes. Um, because because that's 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 what I like. Where I'll like I'll do something really dark and then I'll just pivot away from that completely into something fucking silly. Yeah. Uh, and that, like, that's the humor. I mean, like, that's the humor. I guess that I just grew up on. Yeah. Like the the stuff that will appeal to like I don't know the fifteen year old boy, just like really dumb. Yeah. Dumb shit. That that's gold. Like that's that's my favorite. I guess. Darren from Audio Production here. Something that Lewis has somewhat mastered is the art of trolling a company or a publication that has a much larger audience than his. But I'm not talking about like a prank call here. He'll often prank them. And then without them realizing it, they'll amplify the prank to their own audiences. And then he'll make his own gotcha video on his own channel and he'll use this as a means to market his upcoming shows. It's very entertaining and often it's extremely thought out. Lewis did this recently by emailing Vice and telling them that he got his dick stuck in a chastity belt and they ran a whole story on it. Triple J Hack, which is like an investigative journalist show on radio. Yeah. So it's like they do a half hour story on climate change or on this or that or social topics and it's really really well researched and everything and it's like the gold standard for journalism on radio i see that and i go let's see (laughs) so they put a call out they go oh we wanted to do a uh, a video uh, a story about step sibling romance we need people so immediately i'm like yep that's me so i email in uh and then i do like this full-on um interview and everything like that and uh this is when i was probably a little bit less good at it too because i uh was emailing them as as lewis spears right, right? and this is with my I, at the time i had a hundred thousand subscribers i had many hoaxes out like if you if you googled my name yeah. it's a full page of google results of just like fake story fake story fake story so i googled i i emailed them accidentally using my real name and went oh fuck Lewis Spears, it's done, it's over. And then they got back to me, and they're like, oh, we love your story, can we do an interview? And I was like, yeah, can we change my name to Sam, please? And they're like, yeah, sure. And the whole time, it goes for like two weeks, I'm talking to these people, telling them all about this made-up relationship that I have with my step-sibling. And the whole time I'm sitting there going, surely they're going to Google me. At some stage. At some stage, they're just going to fucking Google my name. It's right there, and Mm. it will all be over. Mm. Two times I've accidentally used my real name. Neither time I've been caught. That is fucked. That, and that, that is, is the so gold bad. standard of journalism on radio. That's so bad, man. The point that I make when I do that is be careful what you believe. Yeah. Because it could be me. Yeah. Like these journalists, <laughs> they literally, it's not even really the journalist's fault. It's the state of news itself. Okay. These people uh, literally are not given enough time to do research. They have to churn out stories again and again and again. A Current Affair is a great example. They have to do four stories a day, five days a week. They do not have time to do research, and that's why they end up coming out with fuck stories or stories on me. Yes. Um, Yeah. And and it's almost like their YouTube is in their own right. Like, you've got a... It's like your daily upload schedule that you have to hit. It's, um, current affair is the original daily vlogger, <laughs> but just with a sprinkle of racism. <laughs> a little bit, actually. Yeah. Well, they're More appealing. than a sprinkle, a few spoons. <laughs> they're appealing to a specific demographic that might entertain that a little oh, bit. Oh, man, it's, it's, that is their demographic. My, the funniest shit happened. 
recently with the current affair. I love their Facebook. I love their Facebook page. I always okay. watch their clips and I, I, I read the comments. It's great. Okay. Highly recommend checking out a current affairs Facebook page. If you want to see the problem with Australia, <laughs> check the comments. Okay. Uh, they did a story. There was this guy that was like a Nazi Nazi. I'm not talking he told a joke and then people got offended and called him a Nazi. I'm talking like a, I am a Nazi. Okay. Swastika tattoo. Right. Nazi, right? Yeah. And he was going to court and they were doing a story on him. And he uh, uh, and the, there's cameras filming him, and then he's he's uh, he's yelling at them, and then a, a, a security guard who's uh, not white comes up to him to like you know just nicely move him off, and then the Nazi uh, calls him a monkey, says some more racist stuff, and then beats the fuck out of the security guard. Okay. <laughs> so borderline just a hate crime on camera. Fair. Right. And so current affair they post a story. Nazi attacks Channel 9 security guard and all of the comments 100% of them are like oh well the security guard should have been more polite oh it's not blah 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 like the dude's like got a swastika tattoo and it's like if your whole audience is standing up for the Nazi yeah, what type of stories are you doing at current affair to attract that that's fucked I mean I always go I always go like my understanding, at least of social media, I can't really talk on on, mm. on um, traditional media stuff. But like my yeah. understanding of social media is, you attract the crowd, or your audience, in the long term, ends up being almost like a subset of what you put out. So yeah, so yeah. like, I mean, you look at the crowd that came tonight. They're, yes. they're all like, like they're individual. all like facets. They're all like like different types of things that I'm into. Yes. They are also into. So yes, I have I have like a lot of lads. Yeah. That uh, that'll come up wearing fucking sick shoes and mm. and they've got tattoos and they're tough boys. Uh, but then I also have a lot of real nerds, mm. like internet nerds, that are just like into fucking games and 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 staying home and shit. And then I have a lot of like goth guys and girls. Mm. Uh, like the the real common theme of my audience that I've learned from you know talking to them is that they're all just like weird individuals that are cool mm. with it. They're like mm. yeah, I'm a little bit weird. Sick. Yeah, you know, which is which is what I am. Like I'm, I, I, I feel like I'm kind of a weird dude, but I think that's cool. And then I also start to feel bad for traditional show hosts who yes. don't necessarily represent the views that they're putting out. It's just because they work for a certain company. That's what a I'm lot of them are mouthpieces, man. And like, that's like, man, that would that would kill me. That like goes back to what you were talking about with the the whole idea of cancel culture. It doesn't scare me. If I worked in entertainment and I had a job and I was one of these host people, it would terrify me. Yeah. Because it's bad. Like, I saw uh, even just recently, and, and you know what? what's bad, really truly bad about it is when comedians partake in it, is when mm. comedians will take down other comedians for very obvious, clear jokes. Mm. And what always, always happens when a comedian calls out another comedian, guess what? They've done the same shit. Yeah. And... What happens? It happened uh, uh, recently. A, a girl comedian in America called Ellery Smith, I believe. Mm. I hadn't heard of her, right? Probably for good reason. She called out a dude who got fired from Saturday Night Saturday Night Live for doing a joke. Mm. Um, oh, I saw this. Yes, yeah, honestly, yeah, yeah. wasn't the best joke, yeah. but it was very clearly a joke. Uh, and we've all told shit jokes, uh, but as long as the intention is to make people laugh, I think it's fine. You know, like you. You know, I've bombed. It doesn't mean I shouldn't do a fucking show ever again. It yes. happens to all all comedians, right? You have a bad night, you tell a bad joke, whatever. Mm. Uh, she called out 
this dude for telling a joke that came across as as as, as racist in her words, uh, and then everyone just went through her Twitter and yeah. found six that she had done, and she lost her job. And it's like, you know, what is she going to do now? She has to just cop it, or she has to admit that maybe this isn't the best solution for comedians. Like, eating each other alive is fucking insane. So, so cancel culture for me doesn't scare me, because if they came for me, and I truly believe my intention was to make people laugh, mm-hmm. there's no way I'm going to apologize. Uh, but if, you know, if I had some kind of mainstream job and I was some puppet beholden to a bigger corporation that doesn't give a fuck about me, it would terrify me. The comedian's niche on social media is the most suited for, like, growth. Because, yeah, you, you, you get your content out on YouTube, you clip it up across all the other platforms, yeah. um, you grow a social following, but you're not a social media dude, you're a comedian. So you, yes. you, your, your core thing is shows. Yeah. Right? I mean, yeah. like, correct me if I'm wrong. So, like, in that model, you, you can't, and especially, yeah, fine, you'll, you'll take on, like, sponsorship deals and stuff, but, like, outside of that, you're not cancelable. No, no. Other, the other only than way, if venues yeah. didn't want to have you, I guess. That's the only thing that could happen, but yeah. that, that, that honestly, like, for venues to not have you, mm-hmm. I've only ever really seen that when someone has done a fucked act. Mm. Like, they've done something to hurt someone in real life, physically. Mm. I've never really seen a comedian do a, a joke that's edgy and then no venue will have them. Yeah. Like, it's only ever happened when it's like, oh, <laughs> he was serious, you know what I mean? <laughs> oh, he like, actually is racist outside of the comedy club. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's what I mean. And, and in that case, it's like, yeah, fair enough. Like, yeah. when does is, when is your show become a rally? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. But, uh, yeah, like, like as long as my fans support me, there's nothing can go wrong. And as long as they stay true to who I am and what I'm doing, they will always support me. Because you see this shit happen where a comedian will tell a joke and it'll be a big controversy. Uh, their fans will love it. It will go to a wider circle of people who might go, oh, this is pretty good. Mm. And then it goes to that even wider circle of people who are just like, they would never like you. No matter mm. what you do, you're just not for them. And they attack you for doing a thing that they would never like. Yes. And then if you bow to those people who are not your fans, they don't even give a fuck. Uh, when you bow to those people, those people get the axe and mm-hmm. chop your head off. Mm-hmm. And then your fans go, oh, he's not who I thought he was. Or even worse, mm-hmm. oh, I guess I shouldn't like him. Right. He's, he's like, what? like if I say, oh, yeah, sorry, I shouldn't have done that and you shouldn't enjoy it. My audience is going to go, oh, I guess I shouldn't like this guy. I'll find someone else. How the hell did you maintain, like, a social presence without kind of veering off and not um, being true to yourself? Yeah. When you were, like, 18. Well, like, like yeah. I, I don't think I could do what I'm... And I don't get hate. I'm so lucky I don't get hate. Or I don't get... Yeah. Not hate, but even, like, just mean comments for the most part I get yeah. a lot of love yeah I'm not sure how I'll go when I get hate because it'll happen eventually yes but yeah. like when you were 18 and yeah. you get like pushed in these different directions from audience what the fuck did you do oh it was scary yeah. like it was really it was really scary because the first big one was when I was 18 and it was like the news and then I had fucking death threats and I had people you know dox me there were cops outside my house oh, uh, and you know, my parents are freaked out about it and I'm worried about it and 
uh, and had journalists like stalking me, trying to figure out where I where I live and where I work and contact a school. Sucked in. I failed high school. I go to one. <laughs> um, and it it was fucking scary. But then I I just kind of had a moment where I was like, well, hang on. We orchestrated the fucking hoax. We made ourselves out to look like the bad guy. They did that. We were the bad guy. And then we flipped it on them, made them look stupid. And now they're lashing out at us to try and somehow twist this into making us the bad person when they didn't fucking do their job. Okay. So I just had a moment where I was like, well, okay, my fans fucking love it. These other strangers don't know who I am. They're going to get bored of me if I don't back down. And I just, you know, let it run its course. I just kind of laid back a little bit and just let it run its course. And that's what always seems to happen with outrage. Even when when actually horrific things happen, humanity only cares about it for a week. Like when a disaster happens and you see videos of like children and animals drowning you're like oh that's awful until tomorrow i've got my own problems you know like so so me telling a fucking edgy joke well you're going to care about it for as long as it takes for you to write a tweet yeah the only thing that's gonna that's gonna really make you care again is if you get the 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 relief of me responding and bowing to you and then you're like oh fuck yeah Mm. he's responding he's scared of me sick but they might have gotten that response from another comedian or whoever has been yeah. cancelled and then that like just spurs it on so really what you're saying is oh it's you know like the opposite of love isn't hate the opposite of love is indifference people need to be comedians or yeah. people getting cancelled just need to ignore it yeah unless unless they've done something actually wrong yeah um, yeah I think which yeah is, if we're know, talking about cancel for humour yes yeah the best response is to go yep I did that shit mm-hmm and then just stand by it and uh, worst case scenario dip for a few days yeah. or whatever and then just continue doing it because there's there's really nothing that you can do and I, th- I think the worst thing you can do is apologize for a joke mm. the absolute worst thing because that encourages it that uh, um, fuels the culture that gets a response and 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 always 100% of the time it doesn't work mm. Like, I have never seen a comedian apologize for a joke and then it all went away and people accepted it. Mm. It's never happened. These people, they don't want an apology. They want to see you done. And the apology is the first step of that process because they go, oh, he apologized. Well, it's not enough. So we want an apology from your boss. And then they go, oh, well, that's not enough. We want him gone. Because you see it all the time. Like, you know, they'll like video of a comedian telling a uh, controversial joke will come out and and on Twitter like this is horrific and unfunny and you'll watch it and and in the room the whole audience laughs yeah and it's like well it's uh, it's objectively funny exactly. to a lot of people comedy is obviously subjective but objectively that theater laughed so you don't think it's funny that doesn't mean it's not funny I thought of another um uh, entity that can cancel you. Yeah, okay, okay. All right. The platform. The platform. The platform. Yes. Now, in the in the line of work that you do, and I would say at a distance I do, because I'm not yeah. a comedian, but I like the world of humor, I don't think that that's really on the cards, at least at the moment. But, yeah. but take YouTube, for example, yeah. which is my 
main thing. <laughs> we can't say anymore. Nope. And that's a big part of, yeah. well, like, not, not necessarily your humor, but it's just the way you express yourself. Which that's I how fucking, I speak naturally. I hate the fact that you cannot express yourself naturally yes. um, by way of a platform or if it becomes law and all of that kind of stuff. Yeah. But, but have you, like, has it, has it affected you? Well, yeah. So, so the, and I, which again is a reason why I love stand-up, because there's no rules. If I'm, mm-hmm. the, the only rule is I have to make you laugh. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, I, and if I can deliver on that, I fucking won the game. Uh, YouTube and, and social media is like that's the the only thing that can uh, alter I, it'll never alter the things that I joke about but I you have to play by the rules yes. because uh, you know if you if I say in a video it, not only will it get me demonetized that's okay because I make my money from shows I don't I'm not too much worried about that but if you say in a video it will get suppressed yeah so sorry. Yeah. <laughs> well, I've said it about six times. Well, you can mute it if you want. I have to mute it yes. now, which sucks because one of the things... <laughs> There's a rule yeah. about demonetization. So you can swear, you can say shit, you can say fuck. Yeah. You can't say fuck in the first 30 seconds for whatever reason, right? Yeah. It's yeah. a bullshit rule, but it is a rule. Yeah. So I won't swear in the first 30 seconds and then I go ham. Uh, so there's levels of swearing. So poo and we is like light, that's fine. Yeah. And then moderate is like shit and fuck. Uh, and then they have the the never monetizable and will be suppressed level of swearing, which is hateful language. And up there they've got the N word and then like all these racial slurs. And then in there they have, and it's like, well, that's not to me at least a hateful slur in Australia. It, in Australia, in America, it is. Yeah. I said in America, they looked at me like I just committed a hate crime. <laughs> you know. Yeah. So it's an interesting thing where it's like I. And all Australians on YouTube have to play by uh, America's culture, cultural rules uh, when it comes to swearing. Because, you know, the C word is like a term of endearment in Australia. And I'll say it in front of my dad. And he doesn't care because he's a mad. I'm sorry, I'm going to stop saying it. Not because I want to censor myself, just because I want to save Darren the time. time. We're in Frankston. We've made it. Lock the doors. Just, just <laughs> Since I've moved in about a year ago, there's only been about six stabbings, you know, which it's which seems like a lot of stabbings, but for Frankston, that's actually a world record, the lowest amount of stabbings in a year. It's on the come down. Oh, it's, yeah, a lot of people in Frankston are on the come down, actually. <laughs> Everyone here is flying on drugs, man. I, always, I like Frankston. Shit's always happening. I saw a guy, a homeless dude in a trolley, just pushing like a bunch of towels, wet, moldy towels in a trolley. I'm like, where's this guy taking this, these towels? And then he passed me, and I realized that the, the bundle of towels was another homeless person, <laughs> you know? And that's, that's great. Well, he's you looking out for his mates. Yes, that's community. <laughs> you know, or he, he killed the man and put him in a shopping trolley and he's on the way to bury it. Either one of those could be true. But of all places to do that, you do it in Frankston because nobody will ask questions. That's community. It's, so uh, this here, this is hell, right? What? So this on this corner is a pub, on that corner is a pub, on this corner is a pub, mm-hmm. and on that corner is a pub. <laughs> and they all close at the same time, and they come out to this intersection, and they all fight. And they're all in teams. It's like, oh, it's, it's, it's fucking shirts versus skins, you know, the deck 
well, empty. They all take their shirts off and punch on with the fucking, with the pokey room across the road. <laughs> it's like Battle Royale. Oh, it's great. Dude, thank you so much for chatting to me. What, that that went really, really quickly. Yes. That was a pleasure. Mate, uh, as always, I only did this for the lift home. Because <laughs> you don't have a license. Yes, I don't have a license. I'm a fucking invalid. <laughs> um, and man, for you to drive me down to Frankston, that's that's great. I mean, you probably won't make it home. Well, that's as soon as I drop you, I drop you off, I'm, I'm out of here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Legend. I really appreciate it, man. No worries, man. I'll see, I'll see you soon. Yes. Uh, let me know when it's up. Oh, you got to unlock the door. <laughs> yeah. Oh, crack Safety. it, crack it. <laughs> <laughs> See you, man. See you, man. I think it's very important for us to remember that when we watch someone online who's considered to be in the entertainment category, the art and the artist aren't always the same thing. I like how Lewis referred to the main goal of stand-up comedy being to make you laugh and the side quest maybe for you to learn something, but if you're getting your facts from an entertainment source, I think you're gonna have a bad time. If you'd like to get around Lewis's shows, I've left his website and his socials in the description. As always, if you have some feedback for me on this, please don't be shy. This is episode three of the podcast, so let me know if it tickles your pickle and I'll see you on Friday for Funny Uber Rides.